Welcome to PwC's Tax Reform Readiness Podcast Series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness Webcast Series, held on July 25, 2018, discussing state and local tax compliance considerations in a post-tax reform world. The panelists for the webcast were Eric Burkheiser, a PwC tax partner and our income franchise tax leader, Tim Lapatina, a PwC tax partner specializing in tax reporting and strategy, Sarah Massimino, a PwC tax partner focusing on state and local tax issues, and Kim Kruger, a PwC tax director also focusing on state and local tax issues. This excerpt consists of a general discussion among the panelists about compliance automation. Have a listen. Wanted to switch gears a little bit in terms of uh, having a discussion around compliance automation, and this has obviously been a very hot topic in the tax world for the last several years, and increasingly so um, over the last several months. In light of the fact that you know clients are dealing with, or the audience is dealing with, you know, tax reform, um, having to do more with less. Uh, and trying to get all that done in a very short period of time. And so we thought it was important in light of, in light of what's happening out uh, in the market and with respect to tax reform to have a discussion on compliance automation. So Tim's going to kick it off, and then Sarah's going to weigh in, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so Eric, as, I, as we listen to the, the webcast, I mean, just a lot of complexity out there, right? This stuff is really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, lack of guidance on the federal side uh, with provisions and hopefully expected later this summer. Uh, but then what do you do on the state side to pivot off of that? So, I mean, this stuff is really complicated. And then if you're sitting in the shoes of, of the taxpayers, not only are they dealing with a lot of the technical aspects and, and trying to really understand the rules, from a practical standpoint, they've got to figure out where is all this data sitting within my, my systems and my work papers, where, is, where do I get all this data to, to run all these calculations? And how do I, how do I gather that data in a, in a fairly quick way so I can run scenario planning? And if people up, up the chain have questions, uh, I can respond in a, in a fairly quick matter. So this is a, a topic that we are, uh, we are hearing about from a lot of our clients. Uh, so again, collecting the data is really proving to be the uh, the, the very difficult exercise, primarily because the, the, the reform calcs, they are so interrelated, right? If you think, you know, 163J and disallowed interest expense affects guilty, right? Guilty then adds to adjusted taxable income in the, the 163J calculation. Uh, with, with guilty and FDII, both calcs require uh, QBI calculations, right? Um, what might be considered bad for guilty might actually increase your FDI benefit and, and vice versa. So, again, a lot of interconnectedness. Uh, and so that's why we're seeing some struggles out there just with data collection. Um, so if we think about how do we automate some of this data collection, how do we gather this information in a, in a fairly straightforward way? Uh, there's really two ways that we've seen our clients really do this. Uh, on the left side of the screen, uh, think of that as really as big, big automation, right? Um, think of it as leveraging ongoing IT systems initiatives. So migrating to the cloud or upgrading your ERP system. Um, you know, it really requires a focus on, uh, on mas master data and core configuration 
uh, to take advantage of some of this integrated and embedded reporting. So it's really looking upstream. How do I get better data upstream uh, so that I can do my calculations downstream in a, in a more controlled uh, fashion? Uh, the business case associated with big automation uh, is largely centralized, tied to an enterprise IT roadmap. Uh, and the downside is the it's much much more of a longer deployment. Um, you know these things take take a while. The bigger automation. Conversely, uh, you've got small automation, and so this is for companies that might not have uh, you know these these big initiatives going on. And smaller automation really focuses more on the end user and not so much on uh, on enter large enterprise IT you know big scale transformations. So this is really targeted and focused productivity gains that can be uh, that can be gathered via emerging technologies. So think uh, robotics process automation, think self-service business intelligence, machine learning. Um, most of the time, these these uh, the business case associated with smaller automation uh, is is much more decentralized. So you have finance organizations, tax organizations that uh, that are really raising their hand and saying, we want to do this separate and apart from what might be happening larger within the, the, the larger organization. Um, and the, the upside to this is a much quicker deployment. So, so quick sprint model and, and getting some of these tools up and running. Okay, if we can go to the next slide. So a lot on this, a lot on this slide, I'll, I'll sort of break it down here, but uh, again, there's so many source systems where this data is residing. If you're looking to get things like intercompany information or look at intercompany trading partners, uh, you're likely going to get that out of your consolidation system, your financial consolidation system. Anything on looking at, at forecasts and forecasted P&Ls, that's largely going to come out of your, your EPM layer. Okay, any actual P&Ls or actual data fixed asset information that, that's going to feed these, these tax reform calcs, that's going to come from your, your GL, your accounting system in your GL. Uh, and then you've got tax attributes like NOLs and E&P and all, that, all the historical uh, attributes that, that are sitting in, in tax return software, tax provision software, work papers. Um, so just a lot of information sitting on the left-hand side of the screen. In the middle, the middle really represents a lot of the emerging technologies that we're that we're talking about here that can can really help automate the data collection process. So things like extract, transform, load, ETL technology um, is is really popular right now. It can be used to grab structured and unstructured data sitting in disparate systems, and these tools can take that information, uh, transform it, join it to form a consistent pattern and an overall extract. Uh, these data extracts can then be fed, if you kind of move to the, to the right side of the slide, uh, these extracts can then be fed into tax reform calc engines, and we're seeing a lot on the market today in the form of, of tax reform calcs. Um, or, they, or these extracts could be fed into tax software, compliance and provision software, and, and working papers. And then you've got visualization software that, uh, that can be used to surface or render these large data sets. Uh, into charts and graphs, and it really allows the user to uh, to, to present highly complex data in, in a really intuitive way, in an intuitive setting. The surprising thing is 
um, a lot of these tools are already available within the IT infrastructure. So uh, it's really a matter of, so if you're, if you're a, sitting in the tax department or the tax function, it's really a matter of raising your hand and understanding what tools do we currently use, where are they, uh, and how can we start to use these things for tax. Uh, tax reform is providing a really good platform and, and we're seeing budgets start to increase within the corporate tax department to deal with these types of things. So the time is right. Uh, what's also great about some of these, these tools is a lot of them are self-service, okay? Meaning that uh, they're really, really easy to learn for non-IT professionals. Uh, so sometimes we get, uh, we get our clients that think about tools and technologies and the first thought is, okay, this sounds great, but how do I train my staff and how do we, how do we really get from learning about these tools to actually using them in practice, uh, again, self-service. So they're very easy to learn, very easy to pick up uh, and really deploy in a, a pretty quick way. Good deal. So if we take some of the uh, automation tools that Tim was talking about and we translate that into the state world, um, as you can see here, an example of where we've used uh, extract, transform, load type tools and visualization tools um, to model out what a state toll tax charge would look like on a multi-state basis. And what you see here is really sort of the, the, the visualization output of what that calculation uh, would look like. And if you were to look at all the data behind it, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of uh, calculations and assumptions and things that build up into that. Um, and, it, and, and really the important piece of all of this is to really focus in on what this data means for your organization is we can build analytics uh, utilizing these ETL tools and automation tools. So we can start to look at what things, how things are changing year over to year. So if we think about you know, looking at the prior year data compared to the current year, which is gonna have all of these tax reform uh, items in it, we're going to see big swings. You know, we could see big return of provision adjustments. We're we could see, you know, just obvious changes in income and uh, shifting of tax liabilities amongst the states. And when those questions get asked from people within the organization, if we have these automation tools in place, it gives us at our fingertips the ability to say, here's all the reasons why you're seeing my shift in liabilities. And here's why you know, I went from a big big liability in state A and that's kind of gone away and now my liability is in state B. It allows us, uh, because these automation tools are really doing all the work for you, um, you're not doing that manual look and you can push these, uh, this data to these visualization tools which can be almost live. Um, they can give you toggles um, where you can flip to look at maybe just certain states or your top 10 states, things of that nature. It's like a live PowerPoint, if you will. So it allows you to answer those questions very quickly um, and change gears and answer those questions uh, from, from others within the organization who are also looking at this data. Um, so when you start to use these tools to grab the data from the source, um, run them through different calculation engines, um, and then push them through to these visualizations that look similar to what you see on your screen, it really gives you an end-to-end -end solution to understand how tax return or tax toll charge, other tax reform items are really impacting your organization. 
And as we move into the next year, into 2018, when we're thinking about guilty, um, we're thinking about FDII, and some of the other things coupled with the additional legislative changes that we're seeing in the state world, um, things get pretty complex um, and they play off each other. So there's a lot of data, a lot of changes to go through. Um, so that's where we're seeing automation really come in is to really get those analytics um, to be and able to report up. I think, Sarah, in terms of the quick turnaround, right, as we mentioned earlier, we're seeing a you know, flurry of state responses administratively as well as statutorily. That's necessary, right? These tools are, allow us to easily navigate and understand the implications of this guidance and also with respect to APB 23 assertions, right? A lot of times we need to, in multinational organizations, the APB 23 assertion may be lifted on a country by country basis. And so this allows us to easily determine, right, because APB 23 assertions are still relevant for state purposes in those states, such as California, which conforms to the uh, pre-tax reform IRC. And so there could be potential slippage on the actual repatriation. And so it matters in terms of whether a company is planning on repatriating that income. So I would say these tools have been very helpful in terms of navigating the state legislative developments, as well as understanding APB 23 assertions on a country by country basis. Well, right. And too, as you think about from a federal perspective, as new notices and guidance come out in the federal, we've seen toll charge amounts are changing. Um, and so those need to get pushed through to the state. So having the ability to do that through these automation tools and do those quickly to see the impact, um, I think is really key versus having to do that work manually. Um, you, you know, and then, and that's really understanding sort of the technical and what the numbers are, right? And then it's, you know, if we get back to the compliance aspect of it, that's getting it now into the tax return reporting software. Um, you know, setting up these tools to push into templates that can be easily uploaded into our tax return reporting software. You know, so thinking about, again, this end-to-end -end solution where I get my data, my raw data out of my system, and I leverage these tools to get them in a format that, number one, tells me what my, my answer is, gives me ability to do the analytics to report within the organization, and then also gives me the ability to push it into a tax return reporting software, um, you know, with as little human touches as possible. Yeah, and these tools, <clears throat> you know, these aren't one and done, right? Hey, I need, I need to get these tools and then I'm gonna spit out an answer and it's gonna go on my tax return. Uh, the, the idea with these analytical tools is that you're building year over year, period over period uh, insights, right? So that down the road, you can start to do some of those multi-year scenario planning. That's the whole point of, of these tools. Um, so we've seen, again, on, on the large scale, you know, getting better data upstream, uh, that's going to cure a lot. And then downstream, deploying these tools can really fill a lot of the gaps uh, that we are seeing in, in between things like tax reform calc engines and tax return and provision software. There are a lot of gaps. Excel has been the, the major thing that's filled those gaps up until now, but these are, are really hitting the market. And as, you know, and as I start to think about is, you know, some of the states that have said we need a statement to <clears throat> tell us what your DRD is or we need a, 
um, you know, we may need to prepare a statement to tie back to line one. I mean, you can incorporate those outputs as part of this automation as well once you know what those numbers look like, right? You can build those. So again, it's sort of an automated solution that's going to give you the data that you need that's going to go right into your tax returns. And I think the last thing is just on that uh, quickly is that if you look at what companies have had to really deal with in terms of modeling toll charge for the 17 compliance, um, what we're seeing in the market is for the 18, a lot of the considerations that you mentioned, Tim, and we haven't talked about in much detail, they're on this next slide here, but if you think about guilty FDII and 163J and 385, there's a lot more that's coming, right? Um, so the 17 toll charge is sort of an isolated expensing, it was for 17, but it, you know everybody out there gets that. But if you think about the three components of the toll charge, you know, the gross amount, the deduction, and the 78 gross up, um, again, fairly, you know, finite in terms of being able to model that out and, and understand it. And you start looking at these other items on a separate company basis and having to do the calcs on a separate company basis, you know, much more challenging. So leveraging these tools becomes increasingly important. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like more information about this topic, please email the participants. Their email addresses can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you.